God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into Rock Hill CityCast. My name is Matthew Cray. To my right, co-host Ashley Studebaker here to bring you all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill. And today in with us, we have Elizabeth Morgan. And Elizabeth, go ahead and tell us uh, your title and then how you got to the city of Rock Hill. Sure. So uh, my title is environmental educator um, and how I got to the city of Rock Hill. So I came to Rock Hill by way of Kansas. That's where I'm from. Okay. Um, A Jayhawk, so Rock Chalk. Uh, came here um, for love because this is where my husband was from. So I've been here about 20 years, been with the city about 17 as environmental educator and have just really enjoyed my time. What is an environmental educator <laughs> and what do they do? Oh, that's a loaded question. So, so much. Um, uh, staff liaison to our Keep America Beautiful affiliate, Rock Hill Clean and Green, which we'll talk more about. That's a big part of the job. And then just trying to get out messages to our citizens, our residents, our businesses about how they can help keep Rock Hill clean and green and sustainable. So recycling, litter prevention, water quality, air quality, any of those things, um, we try to get the word out on how people can help um, improve or maintain our environment. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, something we like to do here is uh, put our new guests on the hot seat in a fun way. Um, and Great. a lot of times we'll ask them, you know, <laughs> a lot of questions in a row to try and get to know them. We're not going to do that to you today. Instead, I'm going to test your intellect. And oh, no. along with Ashley's, she does not know Yeah, this. I don't know these questions. So. Um, these is two truths and a lie. So Ooh, okay. two of these things I'm about to read are true. One is not. All right, so it's your job to, to flesh out what the lie might be. All okay. Right. The kangaroo mouse never needs to drink water. There okay. are computers for the Amish which have no internet, videos, or music. And in production for Snow White, there was this eighth dwarf named Nosy, but he was scrapped from the story in post-production. I feel like I've heard that before. Okay, so one I'm of those is be... not true, right? One of those is not true. Okay. One of those I made up completely. Oh, the <laughs> I didn't even know a kangaroo mouse was a thing. Yeah, oh, so that uh, is definitely a thing. There's definitely a kangaroo mouse. But I don't know if there's any animal that can go without water. I'm, right? yeah. So I'll read them again while y'all think. The kangaroo mouse never needs to drink water. There are computers for the Amish, which have no internet, videos, or music. And there was an eighth dwarf named Nosy, but he was scrapped from the story in post-production. I'm going to laugh if that one's the lie, because I feel like I've heard that before. But I'm going to go with one. You're going to go with the kangaroo mouse being the lie? Okay, I yep. think I think I'm maybe reading too much into this, but I think when you said the kangaroo mouse doesn't have to drink water, maybe he can get water from, like, food that he eats, maybe? Mm. So I'm going to go with number two. I'm going with the Amish. The dwarf was the lie. <laughs> I made that one up. <laughs> so uh, the kangaroo Oops. mouse gets hydration from the seeds it eats. So okay. that was very, oh, that was very good. good um, Amish can use computers for basic business and only business and i made the third one so <gasps> that's so funny okay <laughs> you had i me convinced, it before Ashley. i don't know you had me convinced <laughs> you said that it made me feel really good all right so <laughs> wow. we this i have a second one then then we'll move on to more serious things uh japan has a phone used to call the dead there is a booth on a japanese hilltop garden called the wind phone that people can use to call their loved ones who have passed on the third king of England, so this is the second one, third king of England, Edward III, before he became king, would compete in frog-eating competitions 
to see who could eat the most frogs in five minutes. Well, we should do that and come see me. <laughs> add that in there. And uh, people used to think that some lambs grew on trees. The vegetable lamb was thought to be an animal that grew on the lamb tree in Europe and Central Asia. One grew newborn lambs inside of pods, and another says a lamb was attached to a stem by its belly button. I'm trying to think of this from the perspective of, like, I've... I've Matthew and just the questions he writes. <laughs> so I'm going to go with two. Okay. I'm going with three. I, how can... I can't even... A lamb tree? Like, I can't even... <laughs> I don't I'm know. i go with three. Yeah. It's either, yeah. So are you, are you locking in two? Uh, yeah, I'm like, what is two again? <laughs> <laughs> the third king of England, Edward III. Oh, yeah, I'm locking in two. Okay. Well, two was the lie. That oh, was a good call. Right. Uh, so I think the what? key in the third one was people used to think. And oh, some people okay. are weird. So uh, people used to think that some lambs grew on trees. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. That is, so that was fun. Uh, we like. I have an to, unfair advantage. I just think I remember Matthew's. Weird hey, I, you didn't get both. Brain waves. If you can True. ever get two in a row, then maybe we can talk, or maybe you'll know me a little bit better by then. Um, so Rock Hill Clean and Green. Yeah. What is that? Okay, so Rock Hill Clean and Green is our volunteer Keep America Beautiful affiliate. It's a city council appointed board and commission. And they have been around for over a long time now. Um, But they're part of the Keep America Beautiful Affiliate Network, which is a national network which focuses on litter prevention, recycling, and beautification. So how how did this begin to start? Yeah, so it started in the 80s, and it actually started with a group of volunteers who wanted to have a recycling drop-off program in Rock Hill. At the time, there was no recycling program. So they actually started volunteering their time on the weekends, um, collecting newspapers for recycling. And that grew into the curbside recycling program that we have now, and then also becoming an affiliate of Keep America Beautiful. So is, uh, as in, in, remind me, environmental, what was the Educator. Educator. Sure. Uh, How does that tie in with Rock Hill Clean and Green? So as the staff liaison, I get to help kind of guide the board and, um, help them kind of make their ideas come into reality. So they have ideas for how we can reach our community projects we can do. So I facilitate those things. Uh, Go ahead. So is the mission of the Rock Hill Clean and Green as simple as we just like to keep the community clean or is it a little deeper than that? I mean, if you read our mission statement, there's more words. But yes, that, that is what it boils down to. It's a group of people who really have a passion for keeping their community clean and healthy, for businesses to come in, for residents to have a nice place to live for, so our community looks nice but also so that we can protect our natural resources protect the beautiful things about south carolina that we have here in york county our lakes our rivers our trails and make them really um something that stands out for everybody to enjoy so you say it like it's so easy keep things clean but i'm yeah. sure that there's a lot that goes into that what are some of those things yeah so it should be easy um but unfortunately not everybody feels the same way so There's a lot that goes into trying to um, keep people motivated. Uh, One of our big issues right now is litter. So we have a lot of different uh, programs where we try to educate about litter. So we go into the schools. We have lessons for our first and third grade students about litter. There's a sixth grade lesson we do. It's an assembly. And then some other things for older kids. And then we have, so that's kind of the educational part. We do PSAs, we have our social media to really try to educate people why litter is bad and we can get into some of that. 
Um, and then the other side is once the litter's already there, we have to get it picked up, right? There's, it's nobody's job to pick up litter. There's no one mm. who that is their job. And that's a misconception. Some people throw stuff out and just think, well, you know, somebody will come pick. Oh, we pay people to pick that up. We don't. That's nobody's job. And it, when we do have to find someone to go pick up litter, whether we contract or the Department of Transportation or York County, those are funds that we could be using to do something else. That could be a new park. It could be um, a new facility somewhere. It could be something really fun, but instead we're using those funds to pick up litter, which is completely preventable. So we rely a lot on volunteers, um, and typically the volunteers are not the people who have thrown out the litter but people who uh, just don't like to see the litter in their community. And so we have a lot of volunteer groups, whether it's students, churches, scouts, businesses, groups that will go out and clean up litter uh, just to make sure that their community is looking good. So cleaning green helps facilitate a lot of that as well as participates in a lot of litter cleanups. And then recycling education, that's another big part of what we do. So again, we go into schools, we talk to businesses, we talk to HOAs, we do a lot of grassroots, um, you may have gotten a sticker on your recycle bin or your trash can one day just educating you. We don't, we're not punitive, we're only educational. So we might put a sticker on your bin just saying, hey, do you know you get a recycle bin? Call this number. Um, again, PSAs, social media, Nextdoor app, that's a lot of the things that our board members do to try to educate their community, their, their friends and neighbors about why recycling is important, how it helps our economy, saves our natural resources, et cetera. Um, and then the other thing is uh, like public events. So we participate in Earth Day Birthday, America Recycles Day, which are some events we do with York County. And then we try to join in with some other events like Come See Me or um, Christmasville and try to bring our message to those events where people aren't necessarily seeking out an environmental message, but we're, we're there to provide it where they are. So would you say that one of the biggest obstacles for you guys is to just get people on board with this? Because I feel like it's clean streets is probably something we take for granted. You know, it's something we expect to see maybe. But is it hard to get people on board with keeping it clean? Yes. I think there are some people that, again, they just think it's somebody else's problem. Somebody else can figure it out. Some people really don't realize that maybe they're littering. So uncovered loads are one of the large um, causes of litter, whether it's something in the back of your pickup truck or something in your trailer, and you don't you don't even think about it, but it can definitely fly out, and that's one of the big causes of litter um, that we see. So maybe you don't even know, so there's not awareness there. Maybe you don't care, which is a whole other issue. Um, but yeah, just making people aware, like this really is a problem, and can lead to economic um, disadvantages. So if somebody's come, I mean, we've seen Rock Hill grow like crazy, right, in the last ten years. If people are coming here to look at bringing their business here and they drive down a road and see there's litter everywhere, that can be a turnoff. And it can be, I don't want to bring my employees or my business here because this place is trashy. So it can, it can affect economic development, property values, where people relocate their businesses. So it's not just about like the, oh, it looks bad or, oh, it's bad for the wildlife, which are all true. But there are environmental and economic reasons why litter is harmful for our community. What are a few others of those? Because I know you said we could get into why is litter bad, and that could certainly be its own podcast. But what are some other mm -hmm. reasons? Yeah, so definitely economic um, crime. So there's a whole series of crime prevention through environmental design. So if we have a lot of overgrown trees or overgrown grass or dark areas or an area even just with a lot of litter can signal to people, nobody cares about this place. I can go be criminal here. So, you know, it's a good place to maybe meet up with your buddies because you know, like, hey, there's already 20 beer bottles here. We can probably add ours here too. So there's definitely um, a crime prevention part of that. 
Uh, and then some of the other environmental issues. So a lot of the litter that you see on the side of the road is eventually going to end up in our waterways. So you think about this week where we've had rain and some heavier rains on some days. That litter is not going to stay there. It's going to move when the water collects and does what it's supposed to do and goes through our storm drains and our gutters. Well, those storm drains, they don't go anywhere to be cleaned. Storm drains dump into our creeks, our rivers, and our streams. So they're going to take with them any of that litter you see in the curb, the gutter, or, you know, along some of the swales we have um, on some of our other roads, and they'll end up in our waterways, which means if you like to fish or you like to swim or you like to drink clean water, um, you know, that, that's harmful for those activities because, again, that litter is just going to end up in those environments. So the your title, environmental educator, is that something most cities have or is that unique to Rock Hill? Um, I think they do in some aspect. So there are, I want to say there's close to 20 Keep America Beautiful affiliates in South Carolina now. Okay. The majority of them are counties and we do have a Keep York County Beautiful. They've been around for I think 10 years now. Um, so they're a little younger than we are but they've been around. And then there are some other, there's like Keep North Charleston Beautiful. So there's some other city affiliates, but for the most part, counties. So there's that. And some of those are tied to municipalities. Some of them are nonprofits. Um, some communities call them a recycling coordinator. So that's a pretty typical title, but we do sort of the same things. And then the county has the recycling coordinator and the clean community coordinator who both do what, what I would say an environmental educator does. Uh, what did your program, well, I guess you've already touched on that one, so we'll just go ahead and cross that one off. Uh, what kind of initiatives do you have to help rock, keep Rock Hill clean? Yeah, so we um, have just finished our polar bear litter pickup, so I hope you heard about it. Um, and we call it polar bear because we've noticed that in January and February, we get more litter calls than about any other time of year. And I attribute that to the fact that nothing is growing. So when you're driving roads that may have like a lot of kudzu or just overgrown grass or things on the side of the road that only get mowed periodically, you don't see the litter. So during the growing season, it's not that it's not there, it's just we don't see it as much. In January and February, when everything's died back, nothing's growing, the calls start coming in. That's and people, crazy. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I have tracked it for years. And they really, it's, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much litter. And it's, it's not that there's any more, really. It's just you see it. Wow. And it becomes very visible, which is, is good. Like, we need that reminder that it's there. So we started to be proactive on that. And we started the polar bear pickup. And this was our second year. And we do that with Keep York County Beautiful. And we offer cleanup supplies. And we did a, a, a long sleeve t-shirt or a, a travel mug for anybody that went out and picked up litter. In Rock Hill, we had 167 volunteers give um, 47 hours uh, to collect 283 bags of trash in wow. those two months. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Um, we definitely saw some improvements, but there's still there's still work to be done. So we are moving straight into our spruce up for spring cleanup. Um, and this is an initiative. We did this uh, years ago, and it's something we're bringing back, and we're really excited. So Spruce Up for Spring is going to be our call to citizens to get the community ready for all of our spring events. So we've got a lot of sporting events. We've got Come See Me. We went through graduation, high school graduations. We know we're going to have a lot of visitors to Rock Hill in the spring, and we want to show our best Rock Hill. So we're asking clubs, schools, businesses, scouts, churches, individuals, anybody that wants to take part, and our spruce up for spring, um, they can contact me and we'll get them the litter cleanup supplies they need, gloves, vests, bags, litter grabbers, um, so they can go out and pick up litter. If you're not sure where to go, we can definitely find a place for you. 
Um, and we've already got uh, a commitment from Comporium. They're going to do an employee pickup day, and so they're going to go out and pick up litter around some of their sites, which is great. So we'd love to see more businesses participate um, and take on maybe cleaning up around their business or somewhere else if, if that's not an option. Um, so do you guys or you um, work specific t- with... Um like the Adopt-A-Highway, because they go and pick up trash, correct? Right. So there's Adopt-A-Highway and Adopt-A-County Road. Adopt-A-Highway is through the Department of Transportation, and it is on state highway roads. So it has to be a state highway. And you'll see, this is something else I think people maybe don't realize as much, um, that you'll see those signs in Rock Hill. Well, those are state-maintained roads. So you could be driving down like East White Street, and that is technically uh, a state-maintained road. It is not a city of Rock Hill road. So that can be adopted. So you can adopt any stretch of road that is a state-maintained road through Adopt-A-Highway. And you can go to palmettopride.org, click on the Adopt-A-Highway link, and find the York County contact person and to talk to them about doing that. And then adopt a county road is similar. So you can adopt a county road that's a county-maintained road. So, you know, we have state-maintained, county-maintained, and then local Rock Hill roads. Um, and we have some groups that, that adopt those as well, and you can do that through Keep York County Beautiful. How long have you guys been doing Spruce Up for Spring? So I know we were doing it when I started back in 2005. I'm not sure okay. how long before that. So at least 2005. Yes, um, yeah. Well, what kind of response or turnout do you guys usually get? Um, that's a great question. So I would say we usually get around 100 volunteers. Okay. Um, and I'm hoping we, we're going to do a bigger push this year. I'm hoping we can get more than that. And especially we'd love to see more like corporate partners or businesses take part in that as well. Cool. So you have the polar bear. So we take care of winter. We mm-hmm. have spring. Then what? So then we just encourage people. We, we don't have like a catchy slogan for the rest of the seasons, <laughs> but we just encourage people. We will give you litter cleanup supplies all year long. We do in the fall partner with the river keepers and we do um, Catawba River Sweep, which Ooh. is in October, I believe. Um, and we set up down there in Riverwalk and hand out supplies, but we're cleaning up all along the Catawba River Basin. So Lake Wiley, Catawba River, we have people in boats, we have people on land. So that's a really fun one we do as well. But all year long, we are happy to provide cleanup supplies. So summer comes, you've got cleanup supplies, but there's not some big event. Mm-hmm. I'm at home, I'm just living my daily life. What are some things I can do to help that cause? Yeah, so you can do, you can, um, Call us and get a, a kit. We'll put a whole kit together for you. You can pick up. It's got your gloves, your litter grabber, bag, safety vest. Um, and what I suggest people do is just clean up where you are. So for my family, we clean up just our little stretch of road, which is a dead end, but still somehow ends up with litter on it. So just, you know, take a walk and clean up litter, and that makes a difference. Um, we have There's some been initiatives with South Carolina. One's called Grab a Bag. It's like grab a grocery bag. Go out for a 15-minute walk, fill up your grocery bag, and be done. There's another one oh. called plogging, which is picking up litter while jogging. Mm. So if you're a jogger and you're not really concerned with being super fast, um, you can pick up litter while <laughs> you plog. That would be me. I'm not yeah. that good at multitasking. I would <laughs> I definitely fall. I need a break. I'm going to pick up some yeah, litter. I might hurt myself. But there are definitely people out there that do it and enjoy it. And we're happy to give you some plogging supplies. We have these reusable bags that you can take and these cute gloves that say plogging on them. So, yeah, those are things we encourage people to do year-round is just take some ownership in your own community and, and clean up. So I might be exposing myself here, but I, you know, I have not known about plogging or any of that. Sure. Um, and that goes without saying, you know, like how 
can you get the average person, especially, you know, our listeners, they don't work for the city. Right. Um, how do you get the awareness out there? Yeah. So one great way is social media. I think most people are on social media at this point and Rock Hill Cleaning Green is too. So we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'll be honest, I do the best putting stuff on Facebook. And I try to remember that I have Twitter and Instagram. Um, But anytime we have events or we have things we want to get out, we definitely use our social media. So um, go to those and like us and share us and, you know, look for information there. Um, We also try to get on uh, stuff like this, like podcast or local radio, television to get people excited and engaged with what we're doing. We try to go out into the community. So if you're part of a service organization, a church, um, your homeowners association needs somebody to talk at your next monthly meeting, we're happy to go do that. Either myself, our board members, um, they're all available and um, well-versed in litter and recycling. They can come speak at your next event. So if you're in charge of the speaker and you don't know who to have, call Cleaning Green. We're happy to come talk to you. And we usually bring, like, cool prizes and handouts. (laughs) So would you kind of call those opportunities unofficial workshops? Yes. Yeah. So we don't have really any scheduled workshops per se, but we are available to come to where you are anytime. Yeah. Uh, what about partnerships? Do you guys have any consistent partnerships? So we have partnered uh, consistently with Keep York County Beautiful and York County Collection and Recycling. We've done a lot with them over the years. Like I said, Earth Day, Birthday, America Recycles Day. We try to do um, our events and kind of maximize our workload by doing them together for the whole county. Um, the Culture and Heritage Museums, we've had a lot of events there, and they're a great partner for us. Uh, this past year, we've really worked with a group called Men on a Mission to do several litter cleanups and support them and that has been great we've had a great turnout they've really rallied the community to come out and clean up and and do some things in the in neighborhoods that they work in so that's been really fun but we're open to work with with anybody and everybody one of the million dollar questions i think in the community is the whole recycling topic um so what um i guess switching gears here Mm -hmm. what can and cannot be recycled Okay, so I'm glad you asked that. So we have something we like to call wish cycling, which is like I threw it in my bin because I wish it could be recycled or I just hope it can be (laughs) recycling. Um, And that actually is really harmful. So if you throw something in just because like you think it should be recycled, that actually causes what we call contamination and could lead to the whole load of recycling being thrown out if there's too Mm. much contamination. So while you were trying to do something good, it actually cause things to go to landfill that didn't need to. So the things we want to see in your bin are aluminum cans, foil, and plates. Again, I just always tell people like, use your best judgment. If you cooked like a really sticky thing of cinnamon buns in an aluminum pie plate and it is sticky and you can't clean it off, it's, it, put that in the trash. But if you can get most of the food out, most of the food residue, we don't need you to run it through your dishwasher, but just, you know, rinse it off and throw that in your in your um, recycle bin. Steel cans, so like soup cans, tuna cans, just empty, push the lid in. We don't have to take the label off, that's fine. Here's the one that throws everybody for a loop. So we're gonna go through it really slow. Plastic bottles, plastic jugs, and plastic jars. So when you have a plastic item in your hand and you're thinking, should I put this in my recycle bin? Ask yourself, is it a plastic bottle, a plastic jug, or a plastic jar and if it is put it in your recycle bin empty with the lid on so now i'm gonna i'm gonna quiz you guys real quick on the plastic Uh-oh. so let's say <laughs> you just had a yogurt for lunch what are you going to do with your yogurt container i'm going to rinse it out and then because i probably didn't get all of it 
and then I'm going to put it because usually the top's like aluminum, right? Sure. So you could probably just put it in the recycle bin. The top? All of it. Plastic bottle, plastic jug, or plastic jar? I guess it's technically neither of those three. Correct. Now that you say it that way. So your yogurt tub is what that really is. It's going to go in the trash. So technically that's something called a rigid plastic. So let's try another Mm. one. Okay. Okay. So you just. You're up, Matthew. Yeah. I failed. Your Cool Whip. Let's say you just, you're like tub Cool Whip person. And you just like ate all the pie and you put the last scoop of Cool cool Whip on it. You got an empty Cool Whip container. What are you going to do? So the three are plastic jug, plastic contain, uh, Mm -hmm. plastic jar, and plastic, another just sound, right? No. No. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> bottle. 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 I, I don't think it's any of those three. So by a process of elimination, I would think it would also go in the trash. Correct. Yes. So that's going to go in the... So tubs, clamshells, like you, you went out to eat, you took home your leftovers, good for you, you didn't waste food, you ate it, and now you have your clamshell. What are you going to do with that? I, I don't eat clams, so I'm not... A, no, I'm like your, no, your like your <laughs> clamshell, like your leftovers. The box your oh, leftovers went home I have in. never heard it called that. But oh, that yeah, is it's called a clamshell. <laughs> Me That's, either. Now I know, though. Some industry <laughs> jargon for you. I'm so sorry. I really just threw you off there. Like, <laughs> why are we talking about clams? So those so are sorry. normally styrofoam, correct? Well, they could be let's styrofoam. Say, guess, let's say this one's that clear plastic yeah. that you bring home sometimes. It could also be the thing like your lettuce comes in if you buy the fancy lettuce that's already pre-washed in the store. Oh. Or your strawberries or your blueberries. Oh. That, that kind of container. What do it, you think? I, I, that's recyclable. It oh. still doesn't fall under the Bottle, three, though. jug, or jar. It's neither of those. So it would... So I you guess still my, throw it away. So throw I, it away. My yeah. gu- I guess my question is this, then. Is if it's... Why, why is that not recyclable? Okay, so that is a great question. Because this is where people get tripped up. This is where, like, it all falls apart. And people go, this is too hard. Why is it so hard? But it's really not. Bottle, jug, or jar, but your heart wants to recycle everything else. Your heart wants to recycle the blueberry container in the yogurt tub. But unfortunately, that's a different kind of plastics. If you want to go down into like the chemistry of everything, there's different kinds of plastics. There's PET, HDPE, PETE, and on and on and on. Some of them are easier and more readily recyclable than others. Those are the bottles, jugs, and jars. And those are things we have markets for. So then you get into the economics of it with commodities. So... If there's a market for that, we got a person that wants your plastic bottles to make more plastic bottles. Great. You know, goes from here to there. Well, we don't have a market for those clamshells, yogurt containers, because they're a different kind of plastic, and they don't play well with the bottles, jugs, and jars. And if you mix them all together and you try to make something new, it messes it all up and everybody gets mad. So that's why we cannot take those materials, because they, we don't have a market for those right now. There's no one to send them to. So we could take them, separate them, keep them in a warehouse, but that's not going to do anybody any good. So bottles, jugs, and jars. If you're having trouble thinking about what a bottle, jug, or jar is, the other thing you think of is a neck and a lid. So like a plastic bottle is going to be like a water bottle, right? A plastic jug is going to be like a milk jug or your laundry detergent. A plastic jar is going to be like peanut butter. So just think of those (laughs) things, neck and a lid, and bottle, jug, or jar. But there's a lot of those. It actually is most of your plastics is bottles, jugs, and jars. So people also get kind of hung up because they think that's so much. It's actually less than 5% of the plastic stream Mm. is something other than a bottle, jug, or jar. Like all your shampoo stuff, bottle, jug, or jar, laundry soaps, dish soaps, all that 
comes in a bottle, jug, or jar. But it, it is hard. People get really confused. And we didn't do, I think the recycling industry didn't do a great job for a long time because we just said, we'll take it all. Mm. And that's when we were sending things to China. And then China decided they wanted to be environmental and shut their, their doors to us. And then things kind of started to go a little crazy. But bottles, jugs, and jars are very recyclable and recyclable right here in South Carolina. So it's good for the economy of South Carolina if we get our bottles, jugs, and jars in our recycle bins. So that was that was a detour down the plastic road because I know that I was, was just thinking the difference tricky. was the shape or something. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Matthew learned a couple things. That I'm trying not to all about, about clamshells. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. Um, so, so a few more yeah, things. Yes, um, yes. Paper. So we'll take mixed paper, newspaper, mail. Um, any of that is fine. We don't want shredded paper because it can't make it through the recycling separation process without becoming confetti, and that's no good for anyone. Chipboard, cracker boxes, cereal boxes, tissue boxes, shoe boxes, paper towel tubes, any of those items, all recyclable, tons of those in our houses. And cardboard, corrugated cardboard, your Amazon boxes, your UPS boxes, all of that. That is what we want in your curbside bin. Cool. Yeah. So there are certain categories of non-recyclable items. A big one is just trash in general. Yep. Uh, but are there any that fall outside of just trash? Yeah, so then there there are some specific things that are recyclable, but not in your curbside bin. Um, and that's because of the way things are processed, and we can talk about that. But some of those items you can take to the county collection and recycling centers. There's 16. There are several right in, not inside the city limits, but right on the edges of all the city limits of Rock Hill. So very um, easy to get to. Some of the most popular are glass. So we get a lot of calls about glass. Um, you can take that to any of your collection and recycling centers. Um, you can take uh, oil, so used motor oil or cooking oil. So that's a popular one after Thanksgiving when everybody fries their turkey. They have a place you can recycle that. Um, large metal items, so grills, uh, bicycles, stuff like that. They can take those for recycling. Um, and then I think another one that is electronics and tires. Um, they can take there for recycling. There's a full list. Um, the county's done a great job of getting their information out there. So either uh, yorkcountygov.com slash recycle or the county has an app for recycling the recycle right york county app or their social media is great too so <clears throat> what happens and the naive question of what happens to our recycling after it's picked up yeah i don't think that's naive at all i think it's great i think people need to know what happens but it's definitely you know the out of sight out of mind like they take my stuff it goes away great i don't have to worry about it um, which is great that I mean we want that for our residents so here's here is what happens to your recycling it's very exciting so after we pick it up we drive it over to the York County material recovery facility a MRF if you want to be in the lingo um, which is off of highway 5 over by the landfill so this is a, a separate entity from the landfill or the tipping floor where they um, transfer our trash to go off to the landfill so this is separate it's a it's a beautiful facility um, they unload all of our material onto a concrete floor and then it's moved over onto a conveyor belt. And then all the materials mixed together, it goes up the conveyor belt and then it goes through a series of automated and manual separation. And they use things called optic sorters, eddy currents, um, rotating machinery, and then some manual separation, which means some people on the line pulling stuff out. And they separate it into all the different commodities. So the paper, the plastic, the metal are separated and they go into bunkers, which is you know just like a big divided up area and then once it's all separated in the bunkers it gets baled so i like to tell people like a hay bale it goes into a baler a machine that squishes it into a cube and bales it with baling wire 
And then once you have all those cubes, you stack them up on a tractor trailer. And once that tractor trailer is full, then it goes off to wherever it's going to be manufactured into something new. So it's a really fun process. Uh, the county also has on their app and on their website a video of this, which I think is really great for people to watch. It really helps you understand why we say we can't take shredded paper because if you see stuff go up the conveyor belt, you realize we will never, ever be able to mm. capture that shredded paper as it goes through the process. Same thing for glass. It just shatters and we can never, ever capture that glass. So because of the process is the reason why those things have to be recycled separately um, and the reason why we can take some things together mixed in the bin. So uh, for anyone out there listening who wants to, to do more, whether it's with you guys or just in general, how, how can they get involved? Yeah, so I think uh, a great first step would be to participate in our Spruce Up for Spring event. Um, you can contact me. You can call me, 803-329-7027. You can send me an email. It's elizabeth.morgan at cityofrockhill.com. Or find us on social media. Send us a message that way. Um, any of those options, and we'll, we'll be happy to get you connected. Anything we missed or that you'd like to add? Um, not really. I think it's up to each one of us. I think that's the most important thing. This is nobody else's job. It's all of our jobs, the recycling, the clean air, um, picking up litter. If we all can just do our little part, it really does make a big difference. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thanks for joining yes, us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for teaching us what can be recycled and what uh, clamshells clam are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be Anytime. laughing about that's that going the rest to be of the, the day. That, well, <clears throat> that's going to be a running joke in our office forever. Yep. So. Anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill City Cast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.